Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin here. Hi Anita, how are you doing today? Can't stop eating. What's wrong oh, with no. me? What have you what have you had today then? A random assortment of food. I've had two bags of roast chicken crisps. I've had a bowl of bran flakes. I've had a load of pumpkin seeds and a Mars bar. And when a pizza I found in the oven, not in the oven, <laughs> that would be weird, I found it in the freezer. Someone loved pizza in the oven. I'm just having that now. <laughs> the sun was cooking. No, I found it in the freezer and I know because I bought it that it's been there a long time. I thought, I'll be all right. So I cooked it and then it had meat on it as well. And I, was, I had a couple of mouthfuls and I was like, this isn't right. So I had to put it in the bin. So oh. yeah. What's, what's, why do we do that? What's wrong with me? So you nearly had a pizza. That's not yeah. a bad then. Mars bar's pretty bad. Pumpkin seeds. What are too bad to Chris. You're thinking if you're eating pumpkin seeds, that'll be good. I haven't been shopping for a long time. There's very little in this house, but I do hide stuff. That's why there's a full pack of Mars bars. I don't even like Mars bars, but my son likes them, so I bought them for him ages ago. And um, Mm -hmm. because there's nothing else, I'm like, oh, I have a Mars bar. So you hid them for yourself. yourself. Um, Yeah, so today we interviewed a really interesting guy called uh, David Shepard, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, and you just go for me. Big takeaway is like you'll you'll hear when you listen into it. But just if you wanted stuff to happen years ago, you had to go far more out of your way than like nowadays. Nowadays, you can just learn stuff online, Google stuff on youtube get a few back then 29 years ago or whatever he has to fly around the other side of the world on a, a like find the money to do that and everything and um yes it's really interesting how it how he happened upon it and how he then made it his life's mission to he's to an know, inspirational to guy isn't he do you know what when i was in corporate which i was for years and years occasionally they'd make us go on like a course all the time and um one of the times they said oh you've got to you've got to go on this course everyone so you go okay fine and it's a day at the office so why not and actually it is hands down the, it blew me away it's the best thing i've ever been on and it was this company i can't remember what they're called and they work with a lot of top sports stars mm. who've kind of lost their way so he was responsible for Jimmy, I think it's Jimmy White, snooker player who was really oh, yeah. did really well and then wasn't was awful and didn't win yeah. got it back and won again. So he's responsible for that. And basically it was all about neural plasticity and how your brain is just a series of dentites, I want to say something like that pathways basically and there's gaps between them all and then you have to fill in those gaps so for example one of the things he did he's got someone up and he said right I'm going to throw a ball at you and want you to not catch it and when someone throws a ball at you you just catch it and because you've been spent years going to catch the ball catch the ball so that's pathways the widest and because electricity follows the path of least resistance it'll go down there and you'll catch the ball and so all that we need to do with our brains is program them in the way that you know suits us but it's all about repetition and consistency so if you'd spend every day going oh i feel like i'm a bit out of my depth i'm not quite good enough that's the pathway that everything goes down and that's how you'll feel in everything but if you kind of say like affirmations or a few but um 
I am good enough, I can do this, then that's the pathway and you'll you'll believe it. And I'm, I've never heard that concept before that our brain isn't just this fixed thing, but actually we can mould it and change it because it's like made of, you know, plastic. And I think that's the thing that David was talking a lot about, about how you can look at what's stopping you, um, what's holding you back and fix it and move on. And so, yeah, I was absolutely inspired yeah. by Because he'd been like stuck for years, hadn't he? And like a couple of sessions over in America. Yes, it's stuff like that always like, makes me think, well, yeah. it really one session yeah. maybe it does but for me i'm taking bloody lot no more sessions than that yeah well you <laughs> that's because cool. you like to think like nothing's worth having unless you work hard to get it and that's, that's how i brought up which is that's awful, how you've been yeah, that's, so why that's I'm the re-learning, thing re-learning, so that's why brain. you're um struggling to get on board with that concept aren't you? Like, well, hang on it's going to be more than that it's going to be harder work than that surely yeah um, yeah but yeah, maybe maybe it wasn't. That out. Maybe it did just do that. Un- unlocked all the doors. All the doors unlocked. Are you free? Used anyway. to get told off for watching telly in the day, if I was when I was a teenager. Why? It's lazy. Especially if, um, you know, and it's a nice day and you shut the curtains because it's uh, the sun's shining on the TV. Oh, yeah. Why that was always for that. a rule, wasn't it? Always a rule. Yeah. Don't shut the curtains on a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I don't. I can't watch telly in the day. It's just like I feel like, oh god, this I'm so lazy. It's so awful. <laughs> so, so if I ever what kind of person are you? I'm going to stop showing the curtains in the day. I know. It's like, I, now, if I ever think, well, I'm going to take an afternoon off, I'd take the dog for a walk or go for a run or go and do something because I'm just sitting around. It's been inbuilt in me that that's, you know, what lazy people do. Well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> we just had the TV on constantly when I was growing up. It was always on, uh, but I was not in. I was always out. So um, getting away from the house that was just full of, uh, yeah, obviously, um, thing is TV. Just, but it was like news or black and white films what my dad used to watch and just nonsense boring yeah yeah no they definitely the curtains wouldn't be shut though not until it's a bad thing wasn't it not until it's actually dark outside then then you can shut your curtains anyway (laughs) let's get into this if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe so my name is uh david shepherd i set up my first business in 1990 when i was 27 years old and uh, I bought a franchise for a management consultancy firm. I managed to really mess that up to be honest with you. So uh, I lost pretty much everything uh, within within a time period. I I lost everything in a year. Lost the house, (laughs) I lost the wife, still can't remember. I wound up in a a bed sit in a place in London called Acton, which now is quite an up and coming area, but at the time it was definitely not up and coming. But the thing that I, I discovered as a result of buying that franchise, which to be honest with you, even though the franchise cost me a lot of money and it didn't work, it's paid out dividends for ever since then, uh, was I discovered this thing called personal development and I discovered yeah. this thing called neuro-linguistic programming. Oh, yeah. I went through a number of other business uh, iterations, but in 1993, I decided I wanted to become trained in this thing called NLP, or Neuro Linguistic Programming. And at the time, I I thought I was going to do this training so that I could run NLP-based sales trainings. And though it was the most amazing, life-changing experience I have still to this day ever had. And as a result of that, I went, okay, no, I want to do it. I want to train people in NLP. So in 1993, I set up the company, the Performance Partnership. 29 years later, I'm still here. 
doing this. So what was it about it that was like so revelationary to you? I know that's a big question, but. As I say, I went along to that training. I was already sold on NLP uh, as a result of uh, reading Anthony Robbins's book, uh, Unlimited Power. And I was already doing NLP-based sales trainings, but I thought if I'm going to do this, I need to have a some kind of certificate. And I looked at the NLP companies here in the UK, and none of them really inspired me. None of them really got me going. So I'd also read this book called Timeline Therapy and the Basis of Personality by um, Ted James and Wyatt Woodsmall. And in the back of that book, there was a contact address. So I contacted them, and I decided to go and do my practitioner training uh, with Tad, which meant I got to go to California because that's the only place that, that trains at that point in time. So I had to borrow money. I had to sell stuff to be able to get the pay for the flights and the hotel and the, the training. You know, I got to the training and I realized that I had a lot of personal stuff that I needed to work on. I had lots of um, negative emotions around events in the past, like anger mm -hmm. and sad fear and hurt and guilt around my marriage ending divorce and my dad dying because my dad was only 52 when he died um, and we were very close and some major limiting beliefs. They all disappeared in a day on wow. this trip. I didn't go there for reason. And I thought, whoa, because I, I thought being a Mansfield lad that it was just about learning how to cope with. Get on know, with things, isn't it? Get yeah, on with things. Cool. We're East Midlands as well. Yeah, just get on with things. Get up the next yeah. day, keep going. Chin up, move on. Yeah. I didn't think it was a choice that you oh, could yeah. actually let all this stuff go. And then, then I learned these techniques and in the exercises, all of that stuff just disappeared. And I thought, wow, okay. I wasn't taught this at school. Yeah. I was just taught useful things like the Battle of Hastings is 1066. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I went to, to Tad and said, there's nothing like this in the UK. There's nothing like this to my knowledge outside of uh, what you're doing in uh, California and Hawaii at the time. I want to do what you do. How do I do that? And he, he said to me, nobody's ever asked me that question. Let me go away and think about it. And he came back a couple of days later. We had lunch and he said, well, you'd have to do all of this stuff and you'd need to read all of these books, which was a hundred books. Wow. Now, I was not a great reader uh, at school. Uh, in fact, you know, I wouldn't even read one book a year. Same. So I thought- Because they didn't engage books. you. Because they weren't interesting, that's mm. why. No, that's why? The difference, isn't it? Yeah. No, why? Why am I reading this? You know? Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to have to learn a way of reading because otherwise that's going to take me 100 years. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those moments over a uh, lunch table in um, Orange County in California. And I went like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> then my logical thinking, rational, conscious mind kicked in and went like, what did you just say? How are you going to do that? How are you going to afford it? How are you going to do all that? And when you make those kind of decisions... I think the universe conspires towards you. Yeah. Um, and I, I managed to find the money and find a way and did all of that. There's always a way, isn't there? There's always a way, yeah. There's always a way, always. And um, the rest is history, really. And I've been teaching NLP. I've been teaching hypnosis. I've been teaching timeline therapy. And I've been teaching Hawaiian Huna for the last, 29 years. Yeah, I wanted to find out about that. I've never heard when, of when that. I, when I first reached out to you, I was like, oh, yeah, David, I, I like your stuff, and I've, I've seen so many things that you do. But I never got a clue about this Hula stuff, so Huna stuff. So you're going to have to explain that to us when you come on the podcast as well. That's definitely new. Well, well Huna is uh, what I 
lovingly refer to as uh, weird shit. <laughs> uh, I, I hope I'm allowed to swear on your. Yeah, uh, yeah. we have. Anna always does. I don't, okay. I don't feel like I, I do, but then we always have like the e on there, so we must get it in there somewhere. Not bad yeah. swear word. Never, don't really drop the c. Um, I first got introduced to that when I was on my practitioner training. Tad did a morning session, and we started like really early in the morning, etc. But I paid everything I'd got and everything I hadn't got to be there. So if there's a morning session. I was going to be there for absolutely everything to get my... You had yeah. skin in the game. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're like um, a lot oh. hardcore than us, aren't they, these Americans? Because they do, like, they're things that we have, like, a million tea breaks and start oh, start this time, whereas they are on yeah. it and extra sessions, yeah. bonus sessions and stay till whatever mm. time at night, yeah. So there's this bonus session on mm. Hawaiian Uno, which I hadn't heard of either. So I got up early, went to this session... And Tad started this uh, session with an Hawaiian chant, which we know is at least 750 years old. Wow. I didn't at that time speak Hawaiian. I don't really now. I understand more Hawaiian than I, I did do. When he started this chant, it was like I'd been plugged into the mains. Uh, all the hairs on my, my arms, like that. Um, and even though consciously I knew I'd never heard this chant before, I knew what was coming next. So I went, okay, NLP, hypnosis, timeline therapy. I think I need to add Huna to the list. But that meant I got to make enough money to be able to go out to Hawaii because at that time, that was the only place that we taught Huna. And I managed that in 19, 1994. So Huna is the original ancient spiritual teachings and practices of the ancient Hawaiians. And this for me, also seems like really weird for a lad from Mansfield to have traveled all the way to Hawaii over the last 29 years about 50 times. It's a long way away. I've been to Hawaii. A long, long way. way away. Yeah. No getaway around that. But it's beautiful, isn't it? And yeah. the vibe, it's just so relaxed. It is. It's, it's, mm. it's an amazing place. And then how does this lad from Mansfield get asked to teach Huna in Hawaii. Wow, um, yeah. Uh, I still find mind-boggling. But uh, So Huna is very much about energy and how our energy in our body works, how, how we can uh, use energy with other people. And it's also a very profound set of processes that enable us to heal ourselves energetically and also to work with other people around them healing themselves. About harnessing your mind to have this positive energy or not? Yes, it, it, it does include that. Though what I work with, and you might've seen this on my, my Facebook, because I've just launched this new community, Real World NLP and Huna community, is that NLP is absolutely the best technology for you learning how to control your own mind. There is mind control, uh, not for other people, just learning to control your own. <laughs> Can't get the skills to control other people's minds. That would be pretty cool. I'm watching that. <laughs> At least I'm still working on all my own. Let alone other people. <laughs> then Tomlin therapy is the absolute best te techniques for uh, getting emotional control, yeah. managing your own emotions. Uh, hypnosis is a great, I think, the best technique for learning how to work with your own unconscious mind. And then you've got Huna. 
And Huna enables you to begin to start to work with energy and what some people might call their higher conscious mind. That's why I actually integrate all of them together. So all of my trainings include NLP, include this thing called timeline therapy, include hypnosis, and also include. So who typically do you work with? Like who's, I've seen you've got hundreds of people on this thing that you're doing right now. So is there like a type of person or is there a, you know, are they in a, a similar sort of space or could it literally just be, I don't, know, I don't want to say anyone because you've never have your ideal client. It's just anyone. Where are people typically when they uh, reach out and want a bit of what you're offering? Right from the start in uh, 1993, when I first formally learned NLP, I started working with private clients from either what you might call coaching or from a therapeutic point of view. Uh, I started working with corporate clients. And then when I became certified in, in NLP and I could run my own NLP certification trainings, then I started working with the general public. It's not quite anybody. You know, there's a number of different levels for people to, to be able to engage with me. So we run uh, public events, both virtually and physically, in NLP and hypnosis, timeline therapy, and and HUNA. And I work corporately, and then also uh, I work with with private clients. So there's a, a number of different ways of um, of doing that. I, I would say, <clears throat> is there anything in common with the people that I engage with in those number of different channels? Um, yeah, it's people that what that have realised that they want to personally develop and personally transform in whatever way is important to them. Here's an example. I had a, a, a private client come to me, businesswoman, uh, very successful from most people's um, perspective. She was uh, making 20,000 pounds a month, but she wanted to make 50,000 pounds a month. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people said to her, well, you should be happy with 20,000 because that's way more than most people are making. But she said, but I'm not. Because uh, of my goals about you know where I want to live and what I want to have and those kind of things, and she said I brought in business consultants, and they've told me I'm doing everything right. There's nothing I need to change. So she said I've I've come to the uncomfortable conclusion that I must be the problem. I'm stuck. Will you unstick me? <laughs> yeah, self-aware. Uh, very, very self-aware and a lot of emotional intelligence and and also a lot of bravery actually to say that. Yeah. yeah. So I work with her one to one. And she's now achieved that goal. So it's those kind of people that I work with. Uh, and also I've got an online platform as well. The important thing for me is that I wanted to be able to work with as many people as possible with a very wide range of financial ability at this point in time. So that's a lot that you go through with people. And I know that it will obviously depend on the individual and where they are and how you know resistant or um, accepting they are of all of these changes. But on average, how long does it take for people to go through these kind of transformations? Anything from a weekend to eight weeks yeah, right. uh, to a day if you work with me one-to-one. -one. It really depends on what the person's goals are. So if, for instance, somebody comes to me like I did with Tad uh, 29 years ago and goes, I want to do what you do, then... That's going to take at least six weeks of physical training. And then yeah. they can go out there and, 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 and do that. That's not a long time, though, is it? No, I was just thinking I, mean? yeah. I think she was going to say to him, like, six a months, year. a year, something like that. Yeah, yeah, not six weeks. No, that's the thing I love about NLP is it enables 
um, people to transform and learn what they want to learn really, really quickly. That's why I love it so much. And I've been doing it now for, you know, since 1990, uh, formally since 1993, and why I still love it today. Yeah, I was going to ask you, actually, the changes from that time to, the, like you say, mm. you wanted to know more about it back in the day. You had to get that money together. You had to get your ass on a plane. You had to get all the way over there and, and all of that. Whereas now, obviously, we can access things in all different manner of things. What, like, were you already set up for COVID, for example? Were you already doing all this online stuff or, or was a lot of your, your working per person? Or have you embraced all the changes of Zoom and things before COVID hit or did COVID just force your hand to do more online? Well, I was actually in Hawaii when COVID hit, teaching Huna. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then my flight got cancelled. Um, oh, so stop I thought, in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, it was something awful. you felt like was an external thing to start off with, weren't it? So it was happening for other people, not for you. And then when things happened, like for you, it's like for us, we were supposed to be doing a talk in Sheffield. And uh, we were like, oh, yeah, I keep hearing about this COVID thing. And I don't really watch the news. So, like, I'm really like blase. I was like, whatevs, you know. Um, and then it was like, actually, we, we think we should cancel this now and we should have it on Zoom. We were like, what? Really? Why? Um, and then, yeah, so when it starts impacting on you, then you then you realise, oh, it's a thing for us yeah. to take note of. No, absolutely. And, uh, Anita, I know you think, you know, you're like, whoa, stuck in Hawaii. Um, but they yeah. shut the island down for like literally no flights in or out, even into Ireland, the yeah. day after I wow. left. What and island were you on? The big I was island. on uh, the big island. Yeah. In, uh, uh, just outside of um, Kona. Do you have a house there? No. No. I, I wish I did now, because the prices yes. have gone through the roof. Oh, uh, that, yeah. See, I do and, think being stuck in a hotel room, wherever you are, is not a pleasure, is it? No. And at $500 a day... <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so uh, I needed to get out. I managed to get out. That was a that was a very very weird journey. It was like being in an apocalyptic movie. Mm. One of the most surreal things I've ever experienced. Got back here, went into lockdown. Obviously, we had to postpone all of our physical events. And no, and I, I wasn't um, geared up uh, for COVID or lockdown. Um, but I'm a bit of a tech nerd, so I'd got cameras, I'd got all those kind of things. So very, very quickly, uh, we managed to pivot into doing things online, yeah. which we did, which kept the, kept the wolf from the doors, um, if you like, for a, for a couple of And it's a whole new adventure in a way, isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm. And um, now what we do is we do a combination of the two. We do um, physical events and we do online and virtual events. Uh, and I don't think that's ever going to go away. I think this, is, this has been a, a global transformation uh, yeah, in definitely. the way that... Uh, and it is great, because like you say, you want to impact more people, and this is a great way of being able to impact far more people if you've got your online side of it. Yeah, I was online already, uh, but only recorded kind of audio-visual yeah, products uh, rather so than can, yeah. live virtual products. Mm. Yeah, so this transformed your life and you now work with other people and trans transform their lives, earn more money, be happier, whatever. Why isn't it more mainstream? You've been doing it 30 years. You know, why isn't it more mainstream? I think that's a really good question, actually. The, the thing that really that I teach people is to move away from excuses and start to create results. 
I think a lot of people like their excuses. We are oh, yeah, in an entitled culture, aren't we, where children <laughs> are like, it's not my fault. They're Like my children yeah. say, I, I, they get a demerit or a detention and they're like, the teacher's sexist. They never tell the girls off. I'm like, okay, but you're <laughs> absolving yourself of any responsibility for what you did there. Yeah. So we are, we have got a more entitled generation. It's like that, so probably. many teachers have said to my daughter about like, and she's she's 15 now, she's practically an adult. So um, they, and they talk about ADHD. They say, have you ever had an ADHD test? And I was like, and I said, well, you can have one if you want, but makes no difference because you are who you are and you are out in the world as you are. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in an ADHD, whatever, bloody test, just so that you can have a little time out um, paddle thing to hold up when you can't be bothered to do the work or people are probably blasting now. It's not about being able to be bothered, but in real life, you don't get time out cards. In real life, you don't get, um, you know, special treatment as such. Um, so it's kind of irrelevant, I feel. Part of me feels like saying to Pete, cut that bit out because I'm going to get a lot of hate about the people that have got ADHD. No, but, I think you know, it's know, a valid my, opinion. My daughter's really capable. She's so capable. And yeah, You can't say, please, have... can I have that promotion? Because I know I'm not very good at my job, but it's because I've got ADHD. Please promote me anyway. These things aren't going to yeah. help you in life. <laughs> the way she is is actually a superpower. It's not something that will hold her back. It's actually something that's going to, the way that she can focus when she decides on focusing on something. And, you know, so she, know, she knows herself. It's, it's not... It's not a really bad case of it. It's just like, you know, she gets e easily distracted, just like me, really. So it's not, you, you've just got to work with what, what you've got. But yeah, the world is a lot more entitled now, aren't they? And they, they love their excuses. People, we, we speak to clients or potential clients all the time that we have to uncomfortably sometimes call it out and just go, well, actually, that's, you know, that's a limiting. The nice way of putting it is that's a limiting belief. Excuses are limiting beliefs from an NLP mm. point of view. If I was at school today, rather than when I was at school in the 1960s and 1970s, I would be diagnosed with dyslexia, and also I'd be diagnosed with um, attention deficit disorder, if not attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Yeah. So would I, both my brothers had dyslexia, and I was like, yeah, they did some kind of thing, but I, was, I somehow was like, not, I was not having any labels on me, whether they liked it or not, but yeah, exactly, I know that we would have yeah i've been put in that pool in the 1960s and 70s they hadn't invented those so i was just diagnosed as being thick same um, as my older brother was yeah and i i don't actually think they exist but oh, we're in the world today of mm. diagnosis and people being given labels which then goes mm. oh well i can't do that because of yeah the the bank isn't interested you're over, overdrawn and you go I'm, I'm overdrawn but it's not my fault it's because i've got dyslexia they're not interested um, you know it is creeping in because the one that i know that um they oh, yeah. do you know you, you know you get like a parking ticket and you get like 14 days to pay it don't you and then if you miss the 14 days it goes up uh annoyingly if you miss that date i i know someone that's actually like said yeah but i've got you know severe whatever it is it's got um and then it's got a way with having to pay that full amount because actually it's not their fault they're, they're disorganized of course they are because they've got this thing so it is creeping into our world which yeah, is quite yeah. frustrating and scary that they can go hey guys i've got this label therefore you know i'm checking but it might get you off a parking fine but it's yeah. not going to get you a level of success that you're saying yeah. if you just accept some responsibility for your own development happiness yeah. success you can get there yeah Absolutely. And I did. And, and a lot, you know, many other people have um, have done the same thing. Yeah. Because they realized it's an excuse that it wasn't real. 
and they decided to let it go and just, you know, get on with it, as we say in uh, Leicester, Nottingham and Mansfield, uh, <laughs> or go on with it and just do it. I think that's that's kind of disappeared in our environment. Because it's not politically correct advice, is it? All this, you know, and yeah, I completely agree, obviously, be kind and all that, but you don't know what someone's going through. But yeah, you don't know what someone's going through. So you kind of have to treat everyone on a level playing field. You can't assume everybody's just had their whole family wiped out through a meteor hit in their house and you've got to treat them with kid gloves because that might not be the case. Probably didn't so happen. We're always assuming the worst for everyone. And actually, um, at some level, you've got to look at what you want from life, work out how to get there. And one of the sayings I love, which I had to think hard about when I first heard it, because it sounds really negative to start with, but it's actually very empowering, is that no one is coming to save you. And it's absolutely true, isn't it? You are responsible for your own happiness, your own ability to pay your bills, your own success. And the minute you abdicate that responsibility by putting excuses and labels on yourself is the day that you're never going to get where you want to be or you're in a vulnerable position relying on other people. Yeah, but I also think it's not in schools um, because it's not useful for society and how it works today for everybody to go around being like actually who they oh, could yeah. and should be. Because you won't have anybody working in the low level jobs that don't pay that much and that just help them just get by. And as the society and the people that are in charge, if you like, is they don't want to people to have all these skills. It's far better if they can just go to their job, work Monday to Friday, be mildly like okay with that and then drink at the weekend and then start the start again and then they just got a job that keeps the wheels of the the country working that's far far better isn't it it's like that's why it's oh choose a job get a career settle down all these steps that are expected of us and in place that just keep then they'd be happy with their couple of holidays a year and that's what they wanted to keep that's why it's not actually ever getting into schools or into any kind of curriculum and why we are still learning about you know the battle of hastings we're still teaching that to our kids now which is like say not relevant to day-to-day existence is it yeah t- i totally agree Anna. and the stuff that i teach and i have been teaching for the last 29 plus years is the real keys to personal empowerment how to create things the way that you want them to be mm. and you're quite right in what you said in our culture at this point in time you've got people who don't want to be personally empowered as in they want to live with their excuses But equally, the system that we've got at this point in time doesn't want people to be personally empowered. Because people who are personally empowered are impossible to control. Oh, they're a nightmare, aren't they? Well, we know that, don't we? Yes, we are all there. I've been, but you know, like it's not, it's only recently, the last few years, that that part of myself has been celebrated. Before that, it was like, you know, been knocked, constantly knocked in all the different jobs that I had or the, you know, what, having your, not, and also that sort of um, not really, not actually caring, you know, about things that other people care about because you are not, you know, you're, you're in your own path, you're, you're doing what you want to do and not being like, yeah, not, no, just not caring. And that people, that's not useful, again, for society, is it? Uh, no. We uh, be labelled as being troublemakers. Trouble. Yeah. I'm trouble. Yeah, which is seen as negative. I didn't, it's yeah. often not. So getting <laughs> yeah. back to kind of all of what you do, um, we'd like to be quite practical on this podcast to people listening. And they are, our listeners are essentially people who have their own business. So they are people who have stepped outside of the norm and said, I can do this for myself. And so they need the kind of thing you do because we talk to people a lot and um, we ask, we always ask, you know, where do you want to be? What's stopping you getting there? And uh, the self-aware will say, I am. And the non-self-aware will say something else. But what they mean is, I am 
always 100 yeah. all roads lead to it's them yeah so yeah so what kind of practical tips would you give to for people to get started on this journey apart from working with you obviously <laughs> i would say become aware that it's that it's you is the big step because until you've done that nothing's going to work and i think what a lot of people do uh, in the business environment at this point in time and I, I see this over and over again is they go I need to learn this. I need to learn this. I need to get another skill. I need to get this. Whatever. Learning without earning. Is a term for it. Boltons, or you know what? Some people I quite like this term: shelf development. Uh, yeah. I need to <laughs> yeah. Put it on that. And self development isn't necessarily a comfortable process because to, re to really do self development, you've got to realize that it's you. You know. Mm. And none of those skills that you learn, whether it's a new marketing skill or a new sales skill or anything like that, is going to work if you don't truly 100%, both at the conscious level and the unconscious level, believe that you can do it. And that was the big shift for me. Because I had this big... that you talk about those two levels as well. This was a big thing for me when I did that practitioner training back in 1993 was I realized that unconsciously I could think that I could do whatever I wanted, which is obviously why I left my job in the city and bought a franchise and did all that kind of stuff. But unconsciously, I had a belief that I wasn't good enough. And as a result of that, nothing I did worked. No matter how many skills, no matter how many trainings I went on, nothing worked. And I thought, there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not geared up for success, you know. Just go back and get your job. You were getting paid mm. really well. City. You're doing all right then, yeah. I was doing more than all right, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> it wasn't what I really, truly wanted to do. I learned that from the, the practitioner training. It was uh, And I got rid of it in a, a matter of like 10, 15 minutes. Where does the belief of I'm not good enough negatively impact your life? Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, because it's who you are. Yeah. So getting rid of that limiting belief, where did it positively impact my life? Everywhere. Yeah, that's that's my that's my top tip. Look in, look in here, not out there. It's not the economy. Uh, it's not COVID. It's not the conflict in Ukraine and Russia. It's you. You are the only person that you can totally take 100% responsibility for. I think that's a really good point because, you know, I see people out on social media and I despair to a certain extent because these are people who have their own business and they're talking about, um, you know, I see posts where people are talking about wearing extra jumpers because of the fuel costs and things like that. And I think you're in that fortunate position where you've got your own business. So you're earnings are elastic you're in control and bigger or small like the people suffering are the people doing jobs where their income people is their that income can't and they control. have to maybe yeah. try and go and get a side hustle and start you know something that they've never done before but if you've got your own business why are you putting on extra jumpers go out and say i can earn. and that's limiting belief isn't it and that's where they are unaware that they are causing yeah. problems to me even those people that are in jobs they've got an opportunity to like you say they can go and get a side hustle they can go and do different things but yeah, the yeah. ones that can't yeah walk go and get a different job go and do something completely different but the ones i just think the only ones that it will impact negative are the ones that physically can't go and do anything different because whatever reason that i don't know maybe i'm just thinking like they're disabled or you know like they're actually they can't they can't for whatever reason but other than that and even then they 
might be able to depending on the disability or whatever like we say there's always a way um but yeah you're right that that's the bad oh well we've got to think of the energy prices going up i'm insane and but it's it's like what you said david you got that you thought you knew there was a way so you got that money together to get yourself over to california other people have been like oh well i have to go there well I can't do that. After losing your house, just... your marriage, your life, everything, you still got money together to put, mm. you risk it again. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think um, people, they'll find a way to buy a new sofa, for example, but they won't well, be able to find a phone or a 50 yeah. inch TV or, yeah. you know, or a slightly better car than they've got or yeah. whatever it may be, but then they can't like invest and actually go yeah again it's belief though isn't it because do they truly believe that they can if they did buy it you know go and do this thing they're going to go and implement it or they're just going to add it to another layer of things that they have learned and it must be soul destroying to just keep doing that because i've been a self-help junkie since i was a kid my two brothers used to take the out of me where i'm from you don't do you know you don't know. so they definitely laughed and we called it self-help books and whatnot you know feel the fear and do it anyway and, and that that sort of thing but and it takes yeah. time and effort to, to work on it but you have to make a decision and and go for it but um so it must be sold destroying for people that keep buying courses or keep doing the next thing and then they don't implement for, for reasons probably they don't know because consciously like you say they think oh well this is gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna show up and i have been that person by the way that has been like okay i've bought this thing now i'm just gonna go and be that i'll just follow these steps and i'll do it and then i i haven't done it and i, I know now from working with vanita why and there are certain personality traits of mine and different things that, that's kind of helped um there's still obviously always work to do there's always always work to do but for those that have not made that shift and it's not worked still how can you just keep doing you, you can't and you have to think well something's got to change here and maybe nlp maybe the hawaiian who know whatever the the timeline therapy uh, which was speaking to somebody else the other day about that actually that's you know maybe that's where where it is so it's worth exploring so we um, at the Get Savvy Club always ask two questions at the end of the podcast. So um, we're the Get Savvy Club. What makes you savvy, would you say? Being me. Oh, I like it. Um, that wasn't okay for me to be me uh, before um, because of, you know, limiting beliefs like I'm not good enough or whatever and negative emotions. So, yeah, what makes me savvy is, be, is being me. Uh, anybody can be themselves. Uh, they don't need to be who they think they should be. Yeah. who they have to be or who they must be, yeah. you can be you, no, no matter who that is. Yeah. And discovering that is probably one of the most precious gifts. Because you are unique uh, in yourself. It's only when you try to fit in that you lose that uniqueness, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm quite unique. <laughs> cool. so and the second... <laughs> Thanks. I'll say I'm Actually... I'm going to say this now, right? Because my phone just for a second ago glanced to the side, and someone we spoke to earlier just messaged me and put, uh, "Anita is an interesting character." <laughs> so, because I, <laughs> I disagreed with them. <laughs> anyway, uh, the second question we always ask is um, to recommend a book, one that's really helped you in the past. So it can be marketing, business, personal development. Something that the listeners can go and well, really, it's for us. We normally go and get the book, whatever, and people recommend and then listen to it ourselves, but or read it ourselves. So, which book would you recommend? Can I mention two? Yeah, can be or cost us because we give away the book. But yeah, okay, go ahead. Of course, you can. all right. Okay. <laughs> like Make sure it's still no, in print. Don't worry, it's fine. Do it. <laughs> no. We the first book that got me started on this path that I've been on for the last 29 years was uh, Tony Robbins' book, Unlimited Power. Uh, I still think that's the best NLP book ever written. Then more recently, and I haven't got the author's name, 
Um, if you want me to find it, I can do for going onto my iPad. I'll have a look while you say it. Um, is the book called The One Thing that revolutionised the way that not only I said Gary goal, Keller. Gary Keller, that's it. Yeah, I think I've got that one on the audio. Uh, the One Thing, and also um, uh, the video, which actually I think he links in the in the book, uh, is about the domino effect, which. You know, I knew about the domino effect for a long time. I used to play dominoes when I was a kid and line up all the dominoes and flick them yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. The real domino effect, which is what Gary Keller talks about in the book, is actually way, way, way more fundamental. And that book changed the way that I run my day, how I run uh, my businesses, uh, and how I set my goals. Um, so I can't recommend that book enough. It's, it's a really phenomenal book. Well, yeah, I'm going to read that. What's one thing that you'd recommend from the one thing? What like tips does he give that you think is good? Stop believing that you can do multitasking, even as a woman. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit sexist. Uh, no. <laughs> I was listening to the, I can't even remember what book I was listening to. Who's, and they were talking about this thing, this very thing. And they said the human brain can only focus on one thing, at most two. Yeah, yeah. So if you think you can spin all these plates, you're delusional. And the whole idea, and this is in uh, Gary Keller's book, is the idea of multitasking appeared in the early 1960s when IBM created the first mainframe computer. And they said that this computer can, can multitask. Hmm. So the computer that you're on right now, a lot of people think it's multitasking, but it's not. What it does is it time slices. So I'm talking to you on StreamYard, yet I've got Outlook open, I've got Safari open, which I couldn't actually use StreamYard on because it doesn't work with Safari, which is why I was a little bit late on the call. Um, and you think it's doing all of these things at the same time, but it's not. It does one thing at the same time, but it does it so quickly that for our experience, it appears that it's doing it at the same time, but it's not. Yeah. And our brain, even though it's more, more powerful than my iMac that I'm talking to you on at the moment or my MacBook Pro or whatever it may be, Time slices the processor. Your brain is the processor. So do one thing. And then from Gary Keller's book, what is the one thing that you can do today that will enable you to achieve all of your goals? And just do that. And when you've done that... I'll take that literally then, Anita. Oh, no. I don't know I've what done mother mother now, Anita. I've done my one thing. I'll see you tomorrow for the next thing. You don't want to say something like that to one like me. Yeah. That is the way it works, actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've always run my businesses that do way. Do it well and finish it. It's yeah, I've said to my starting staff. everything. I'm a bit like that. Start lots of things. Uh, and I, I've said to my staff, uh, okay, this is what I want you to do. Uh, this is the goal I want you to achieve. If you achieve that by Monday lunchtime, and you want to have the rest of the week off, have the rest of the week off because you've done what what I've asked. But you're working uh, in a results orientated way rather than just doing your nine to five and having a chat here and a toilet break there. And You know, and there are downsides not working nine to five. I, I, I don't get time to be ill because mm. it's too expensive because, you know, I, I don't get paid sick pay. No. But also when um, you're so doing something you love, weirdly, you don't really get ill. I never get ill. Not, not debilitating illness. You know, get cold and stuff like that, but yeah. just kind of carry on because I, I love it. And even though you're not well, you still show up. Your thing. You still mm -hmm. show up. I know, yeah, you're yeah. quite right. Because well, it's what you love doing. It's your mm -hmm. it's your passion. It's your purpose. That'd be another tip that I would I would say for people is discover what your true purpose is. Yeah. 
live it. The majority of people never even discover that, let alone live it. No. Um, and this is where the education thing comes in because people don't even realize that they've got a purpose, yeah. let alone whether it's okay to live it or not and how to do it. That's that's all the stuff that I that I do. So uh, you go to my website, performancepartnership.com for our live physical and virtual live trainings. If people want to uh, access me as an online resource, as in not live, then I've got a platform called um, c21nlp.com, as in 21st century NLP.com, mm-hmm. which has got all of the products you know, that I have ever created. And I started creating audio video products in uh, year 2000. I was an early adopter. And wow. all of that is available on c21nlp.com. Yeah. Are you doing in-person events again? Yes. We should come uh, along. When's are. your next one? The next one starts um, on a week on Saturday, and that's our Huna Level 1 Intensive. Where's that? That's in Teddington, uh, southwest London. A lovely hotel. Absolutely fantastic environment to uh, – not, not quite Hawaii – I admit, but, you know, going to Hawaii and staying in Hawaii is expensive and it's a long way. Uh, uh, mm. There's no getting around that. It's a long way and with travel restrictions and all that kind of stuff. So we started running uh, Huna Level 1 intensive. Uh, we've got one starting uh, next Saturday, not this Saturday because obviously it's Easter. Uh, it's a five-day uh, physical training, though we are opening that up to some people to attend virtually yeah. as well interested and um that's my that's my next training then on the last weekend of the month i don't know what the dates are i'm not that good with those kind of things and uh, i've i've given up attempting to be yeah Uh, we have a seminar called uh fix your mind two-day seminar saturday and sunday uh again it's in teddington uh at a wonderful hotel called the lensbury hotel and that's a two-day training in how to use timeline therapy to release negative emotions, limiting beliefs, align your values, and set goals in a way that they they happen in two days. Uh, It's called Fix Your Mind, but all the information about that is on performancepartnership.com. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review, and subscribe. See, told you it was interesting, wasn't it? And, you know, inspirational. And I think what I love about that is that... um, he was really open about failing, failing fast and failing yeah. massively, not just failing in business, but failing, you know, his marriage died and, you know, he had to beg, but still something in him had that conviction, didn't it? To beg, borrow and steal the money when he clearly couldn't afford it to go and do this course. So it's just about opening yourself up to opportunities and then you'll yeah. find the one thing that inspires you and then you can turn that into a business and he's doing really well. So yeah, I love yeah. that story. And also he's a man and not many men admit the failings as much do they in that way that's that's rare not many the ones that we meet no often they but i think it's different isn't it admitting that you failed when you're successful is different when we meet people and you know one of the questions we always ask is you know how much is your business bringing in a month and um it's very different the way men and women answer that question yeah it's been an interesting sociological study hasn't it for us yeah Definitely. <laughs> I won't go that far to call it a study. But yeah, definitely is interesting. So yeah, you can find out more about him. He's on all the socials and whatnot. So go and check that out. Have we got 
a question of the week. So we did a session in, we've got a monthly membership, you've probably heard us talk about it, called the Get Savvy Academy. And uh, twice a month we go live in it with a JFDI session. Uh, if you don't know what that is, Google it. Or not JDFI, as Anna constantly says. It's the same, it um, same thing, isn't it? And it's basically about us helping, answering people's questions and helping them with something and just kind of going, right, why aren't you doing that? Let's crack on with it and just moving forward as businesses together. And we always have a bit of a theme. And today the theme was what's, you know, the one easy thing to do that's going to help you win more business. Um, And the answer was... Just let people know, like, how you can help them properly, doesn't it? But clearly. Clearly, yeah. Not waffle. Don't go around the houses. We speak to people and they're great at what they do, but they can't articulate it in like fast and easily for eight-year-olds to understand. Think about words that your clients, your prospective clients, your ideal clients would say. So I wish I could. What is that big problem you're trying to fix? And use those words. And then also think about what people lie in bed at night thinking, I wish I was. And What do they Google? What sort of words do they Google when they're trying to find an answer to something of the problem that they've got? How would they ask Google about it? So I'm not joking. We spoke to somebody a while ago and we asked them what they did and they said, I hold a psychological safe space for people. I'm sorry, but what? I don't even know what that is. I don't know why. Nobody's Googling. Where can I find a safe psychological space, are they, of of an evening? So it might you might look and think, oh, that's really great. Um, but if it's not going to mean anything to anyone or it's not going to be the, what they're thinking about themselves, you're not going to be helping yourself to get new clients. Yeah. So, yeah, do that. If you need some help with it, get in the Get Savvy Club free Facebook group and post what you do. Put a post saying, here's what I do. Um, do people understand this? And, you know, let's just see what people actually think you do. Because even on the session, someone talked about what they did and someone else on the session who's lovely, very nicely said, I still don't get what you do. Um, yeah. And so that's you the actually problem, do. Yeah. I think sometimes as well, the psychological space person had been doing that job for 20 years. So I think she just like, this is going to sound horrible, but she just got lost up her own ass in the job that she that, that, You're right, that does sound quite horrible. <laughs> but that's what's happened, isn't it? Over 20 years, she's just somehow lost the way of, like, what does she actually do? And because it's businesses that are hiring and not individuals, businesses hire her. She gets put in to be with individuals that perhaps don't really understand what they're there for and that just repeats and repeats and repeats. So, yeah, don't hate on us if that was you, but... <laughs> It's just fact. Just fact. Just trying to help. Um, just trying to help. If you, if you help. prefer that to use that language, then carry on. You know, we're mm. not saying um, you're getting business anyway. You always way. have, and you're fine. Good. Good on you. If you want to attract clients using social media, easily, don't do it that way. Because ain't no one gonna come, are they? Ain't no one. Ain't no <laughs> one. No, you like some country ain't, singer, right, Ain't no one coming around helping you out. <laughs> if you want if you want to win the book that david recommends in this particular episode which i she can't remember it, can it yeah i can't and you know what it's not because me and anita are like really that scattered because you've just listened to it like a few minutes ago whereas we do the podcast and then sometimes we do these top and tails like a completely different we've, we've had, had a whole, whole four day easter whole, break whole of easter between when we it's actually been a lot of and wine and quite a lot of chocolate don't we we do try to where possible do the top and tail straight after i wrote notes i always write it down but i've lost my notes yeah but that was on a different piece of paper that's in front of me mm. now isn't it 
but it would have been a good yeah. book and it would have been worth winning so screenshot this um episode put it on your social medias tag us in it and um we'll get that book to you anyway, anyway. have a fantastic day week awesome. evening afternoon whatever it is whatever and um see you in the next one see you soon bye, bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.